I did not enjoy that. You did not enjoy that. Hopefully you'll enjoy this. Let's go. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. I hope everybody is having a much better Tuesday than I had Monday. It was not a good day on Monday. It wasn't just the Cubs. It was an overall poor day on my end. It was what my Monday was exactly like the Cubs game in regards to by about 8 a.m. I felt like it was going to be rough. And by about 7.15 Central Time, I felt like the Cubs game was over. Uh, quick little anecdote before I, I talk about the ball game Monday night. I get I got home about 6 p.m. Pretty pretty typical for me. Sometimes I I get home. Sometimes I'm working from home. But I you know six o'clock is usually a pretty regular end time for me. And uh, I ate. I took a shower, and I was ready to watch the game about seven o'clock. And I went to go turn on the game through the through the app, the marquee app. That's how I watch the games. And it said something like, and you know, I, I asked around, no one else had the issue. So I don't know what it was, but it was like configuration not supported or something wasn't working. So I was like, uh-oh, this, this seems like a problem. So I'm calling a couple different people, trying to figure out what it is. And as I'm doing that, the game is beginning. So I have the game, the game cast up on my phone. So I'm following pitch by pitch, but I can't watch. And as I'm, you know, not panicking, that's not the right word, but but just think about it, right? I'm, I'm already upset. I, I didn't have the greatest day. I, you know, like everybody listening, the Cubs are my escape, so I, I'm, I'm still super psyched for the game. I can't even have it on. Then Yelich leads off with a homer. Then Dansby makes an error. Then Telez gets a sack fly. And I promise, I promise on the, te- on the show, as I figure out that I just had to, to go through a different browser to open the app, basically, as that happens, and I finally get, I, I'm at Wrigley, and there's Boog, I see Mark Canna's ball flying over the left field fence, and it's 4 nothing. So by the time I even got settled just to watch the game, it was done. And I'm sure a lot of people felt the same way. It felt like that at the ballpark, and, and, and it was frustrating, and you know, there, there's a couple ways to look at it before I, I dive into the to the details. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about the Brewers right now because I, I have something planned later for them. This team has been playing very meaningful baseball games 
since like mid-July, right? Because to even get here, to even get in the pennant race, they had to avoid a sell-off. And to avoid a sell-off, they had to win eight straight games, which they did right before the trade deadline. Point I'm trying to make, I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but, you know, there is a fatigue element there. And we talked about on Monday's show how eight and six in this next 14 would be divine. Seven and seven would be acceptable. And so, you know, that, that, that implies you're going to lose games. So they lost Monday night. The, the pessimistic way to look at it is that this was one of those you didn't want to lose because on Tuesday night you're facing Corbin Burns and on Wednesday night you're facing Brandon Woodruff. So now you're you're in that mode. I think we're all in the same boat. Now you just want to win one of these next two. You want to just find a way to win one of these next two and get rid of these Brewers. And look, as far as the, the, the pathways to the playoffs go, you know, you're five out now. And if you really want a realistic path, to win the division, you probably have to win these next two games, and that's just a very tough ask against a team that's as hot as Milwaukee with those two guys going. But, you know, I, I would advise you not to jump off, you know, j- you know, jump off the, the bandwagon quite yet. Uh, it, it was it was a frustrating loss, and, and it was just one of those losses that it was like going to the dentist. Like it just it, it was just so just eye rolling. You just wanted it, you just wanted it to be over, right? You just wanted it to be over. There was never one point in the game where I felt like, ah, oh, the Cubs got a little bit of life here. Nah, not even after Wisdom's homer. It's just, it just didn't feel like that. And those happen, especially when you're facing a good team. So let's get into it. Uh, Jamison Tyone threw five really nice innings today. Unfortunately, the first one he threw was horrendous, and it cost the Cubs the game for the most part. Uh, he has to be better. You know, give him credit for at least eating six innings, but four runs at the top of the first in a game like this, it really takes the sales out of you. Took the sales out, I think, a little bit of the team, the the fans at, at the park, and, you know, he has to be better. Yelich home run, uh, Telez sack fly, and then a two-run homer by Mark Canna, and, and, the, and, the, and the pitch to Canna. You know, and there were some errors mixed in, obviously, with Dansby and Nico, which, you know, you have to give them a pass because they've been brilliant defensively all season. The pitch to Mark Canna was just atrocious. And, and and at some point, Boog was saying like, hey, you know, maybe he's tipping. You know, the Brewers are just hitting every ball hard. Maybe he's tipping. I, I like – or not Boog. Sorry, it was J.D. that said that. J.D. said maybe he's tipping. And I like J.D. That was a lazy. That was lazy. That was a lazy remark. Uh, he wasn't tipping. He was throwing pitches right down the middle. You know, I was on the phone with with my, uh, you know, really close friend, Nick, who who was probably going to be on the show at some point this week. And we were just laughing as we were on the phone. Every pitch was a hanger, hanger, one, two, hanger, two, two. Uh, he was getting away with a lot of them, too. So that was that. But for me, the most disappointing part of the game was was the Cubs' effort against Wade Miley. I talked about it on Monday, and I felt good about it. Uh, I described it as the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object from the perspective of this. The Cubs love to take pitches and work deep counts. Wade Miley likes to get early swings and counts and just get early contact and throw strikes. Something had to give. My vision was and my hope was that the Cubs were going to frustrate him by spitting on a lot of borderline pitches, making him get into the zone. And when he has to get into the zone, into the heart of the plate, he gets hard. The ball gets hit a long way. See Patrick Wisdom and Ian Happ's home runs from Monday. That's not what happened. The Cubs were overly aggressive. They did him favors. They played right into his hands. The Cubs did not have a runner in scoring position all night outside of the two solo homers. There wasn't one at bat with a runner on second base. First time 
all season that's happened. And the Cubs have struggled versus lefties for the most part in the second half, but I really thought they were going to step up and hit Wade Miley Monday night, and it was just a very disappointing approach. Sometimes you have bad offensive games, and you hit the ball hard. You know, like Monday night against Mitch, or Friday night against Mitch Keller, uh, you know, you hit the ball hard a little bit. He, he pitched well, but it wasn't as bad as the box score made it look. Tonight, the two runs the Cubs scored were deceiving. Their, their offensive approach was brutal, and, and they need to be better and, and try and work deeper counts. They've really been more aggressive lately as a team, which is fine. They, they had a really good series, uh, a two series on the road offensively, but uh, it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing on Monday night. Um, Drew Smiley came out of the pen, gave up a run. Quas was really good out of the bullpen. Uh, that was nice to see. And, and Wisdom hit a homer and a good matchup for him against Miley. Hap hit a righty homer, and that's really it. I mean, there's really, unfortunately, there's really not much more to get into. Now you're you're in damage control mode. You know, you take a deep breath. This happens. Just one of 162. You're going to lose games like this. And, and and you get yourself, you get back on the horse on Tuesday and try and beat a really good pitcher with your best pitcher on the mound. Justin Steele has not pitched great here recently. Uh, he did not have a great outing his last time out uh, against Pittsburgh. So hopefully he could be at his best because we'll need it. And then the Cubs can manufacture some runs. The, the, the other negative part about Monday night's loss is they didn't even use Devin Williams. So you got a fresh Devin Williams. So you know you're going to see him one of the final two games regardless of the score. Uh, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But we knew that. We knew these games are tough. As I'm recording right now, uh, the Giants lead the Reds. And the Dodgers lead the Diamondbacks. That's the key series for the Cubs. The, the Cubs need the Dodgers to win that series and then some. Um, so that's good news. Hopefully those scores hold. And, uh, you know, we we could bounce back. But one of the reasons it's going to be very hard to bounce back is we're facing a team that, that, that has been a thorn in our side now for about five years. And they're, they're an organization that I do not like, but they're an organization you have to respect because what they do on the margins and how they maximize their, their talent. And we're going to talk in detail about them coming up next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs strikeouts hits and more use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers use for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today the Cubs play the Brewers at 7.05 p.m. Central on Tuesday, and you can listen to every pitch with the Cubs' hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. On the SXM app, search Cubs or tune in to Channel 844 and catch the Cubs all season long on Sirius XM. We're back here on Locked On Cubs, and I know what you're thinking. I don't want to talk about the Brewers. Well, I don't either. I don't either, but I do think that it is important to because the Milwaukee Brewers are the only organization in base in, in the NL Central right now that I think is ahead of the Cubs. And you're probably asking yourself, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think the Cubs have really shown a lot this year 
under the, the, the leadership of Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins with their pitching development in the minor leagues, their, their development of, of position players in the minor leagues, their ability to have flipped this whole thing and put together a competitive team quickly. I know the Reds and, and, and Pirates have very good farm systems as well, and the Cardinals historically have been the best organization in this division almost every year. But the Brewers are a problem. And I don't like the Brewers. And the reason I don't like the Brewers is, is twofold. Number one, they do do some shady things. I, I don't like, you know, they really try and cut corners. We, we, we know about some sign stuff and, and the scoreboard stuff. And, you know, they're always working the umpires. And they're, you know, they, they, they just don't play a very fun brand of baseball. And the other part is, is it works. And that's the frustrating part. It works for them. And it, and it's at the expense of the Cubs. And, and really since 2018, when they came to Wrigley field for game 163 and they beat us in the division, it just felt like they've had our number. Uh, they've made the playoffs after this year. It'll be, I think five out of six years, they've made the postseason. Uh, I, I think we got the best of them in 2020 in that short COVID year. Uh, but they're, they're a team that just, really feels like they they understand how the game works and and some examples of that that I just want to you know highlight is you know they went out and got William Contreras and and Joel Piamps this year as as the third team in the Sean Murphy deal with the A's and Braves and they basically gave up nothing and those are two of their most valuable guys those types of transactions for them you know they traded Josh Hader last year and it really hurt him for a little bit they 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 they, they weren't the same team now they're fine they're fine again. They're going to win 90-plus games, probably win this division. Uh, they have a great manager in Craig Council. It'll be interesting to see if he's back or not. Uh, they do have problems with Corbin Burns and, and his unhappiness, but it just the point I'm trying to make is this team's not going anywhere. They're, they're, they, are, they are very, very smart. Uh, they're very good, and, and, and the thing that, that bothers me the most about them, they're great at what we're not great at, and that's winning on the margins. Coming into Monday night's game, the Cubs had, I think it was a plus 79 run differential, and I think it was plus 16 for the Brewers. So the Cubs were like 60 runs better than the Brewers, and the Brewers are now five games ahead of the Cubs. And yes, there is a luck element to it, but the Brewers do it every single year, so you can't say it's luck. It's just something they're very good at. I mean, look at the guys that they're running out that they get a lot out of. I mean, this Montessario guy was a former Cub. He's a fixture in their lineup. You know, um, you know they, they trade for Carlos Santana. Uh, you know, Marcana. That Marcana move is a marginal move. That's not a move. Nobody highlighted that at the trade deadline, that they got Marcana. But it was something they liked about him. And here he is contributing in the middle of their order. In the middle of their order. So, I, I, I guess the point I'm I'm trying to make here is that I've seen a lot of people and gotten a lot of texts saying, you know, Sam, this Brewers series isn't that important, right? It's really the series against the wildcard teams that are a bigger deal because they're probably going to win this division. And I hear you on that. But for me, it's just kind of like in 2015 when we beat the Cardinals. Sometimes you just have to get through a certain team. And I feel like for the Cubs to eventually get where they want to go in the next couple of years, they need to overtake the Brewers and, and start running this division again. And it's hard. They're, they're, they're annoying. They're pesky. I mean, when they got swept in Los Angeles just about 10 days ago, no, was, I think it was less than that. Yeah, no, it was about, yeah, like a week, two weeks ago. Um, I was like, all right, well, 
this is this is what I thought was going to happen. They're going to get swept in L.A., lose two out of three to Texas, split with Minnesota, you know, you know, win two out of three against San Diego, and they'll they'll be here. And they have after they got swept, they have won nine in a row. And you know, I don't want to tip my cap to them because I don't like them very much. But you know, they're a problem, and, and they've been a problem uh, f- for a while. And it's just, you know. It's something we have to get through. So, you know, even though I don't think, you know, the division now is going to be hard, I just really important for us to figure out a way to to start winning more games. It's not like it's been a disaster this year. I think the Cubs are what? They went one and two, then they split three and four. So they're three and five in, in the eight games they've played against them. That's not, you know, it's not like it's 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 one and seven, but it just feels like and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong because I just I don't I really don't like Milwaukee, but it just feels like that they are have our number and have just almost just have some answers to the tests that we don't have. And, and I felt that about a lot of teams heading into this year, but the Cubs have really answered a lot of questions with Jed Hoyer at the helm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just think the Brewers are the last leg the Cubs got to conquer because they are a, a very solid small market organization that, that just gets a lot of their guys uh, for, for the Cubs here as we close out for the Cubs to really start to, get hot again. I think they're going to need some guys that, you know, are kind of unsung heroes or, or guys that aren't on people's radar to come in and contribute. And we're going to talk about that next. We're back here on locked on Cubs coming off a snorefest of a loss on Monday night to the Milwaukee Brewers and Keegan Thompson on Sunday made his return to the Cubs. I neglected to mention that in Monday's episode, but a lot of people reached out to me and would like me to discuss it. So I am going to, uh, for those that don't remember, Keegan Thompson was not only expected to be a part of the Cubs bullpen in 2023, but he was expected to be an integral part, a key part to the bullpen. And it went south very quickly. He was on the mound for one of the worst losses of the year in Houston, and then we have not seen him since. Keegan Thompson came back on Sunday through two scoreless innings against the Pirates in a very low leverage situation. And you know, we'll see what happens with Keegan. Um, I thought for that outing, yeah, the stuff looked good, but I really don't take much, you know, into account when you pitch with, you know, up eight or nine or down eight or nine runs. It's just, it just doesn't matter. It's just easy. Anything in life is easier to do when there's no pressure on you. Uh, would it be awesome if Keegan Thompson, you know, was able to, to be a contributor? Yeah, especially with Michael Fulmer out. They need him. It'll be very interesting to see how Ross uses him and to see that, you know, does he does he get a high leverage situation with one or two more good outings and and can he handle that and pitch well again because those type of things are the cubs are going to need to get through this really tough stretch you know you only have one day off and that's thursday then a doubleheader friday you're going to need some people to step up that you don't expect much from you know mike talkman was the guy that did it for a while he's in a little bit of a funk now you know keegan thompson's back maybe it'll be palencia and and, and then we talked about obviously on uh, Monday show the, the potential of PCA coming up a- and could he be a guy that gives them a jolt? I-, I just feel like right now it's a little bit of a, you know, not a slog or like a, like a dead period, but you know, you just, they, they need a little bit of juice because outside of Bellinger and, you know, Hap's been hitting better. We've highlighted Suzuki, you know, Dansby's, you know, I, I called out Dansby a little bit, you know, on Monday, thought he'd have a big game, big series. He still might. He went one for four with an infield hit and made an air, you know, those guys are going to have to hit soon or somebody's going to have to pick them up, you know, and, 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 and step up. So, you know, Morell has been in a funk for a bit and, 
you know, you never know. You never know who it's going to be or where it's going to come from. The one thing I feel like with Dansby is that he's not a guy you want to just just because he's struggling now, he could hit two homers tomorrow. He's very random. So I'm not looking at, you know, cause a lot of people are like, Hey, they should bench him. No, for a day, you know, no, they shouldn't. Uh, just that, that's not the answer. Uh, they need his defense out there despite his mis- mistake on Monday. He's just one of those guys. He's a weird hitter. I've been saying it all year. He's a weird guy to follow. He's a weird hitter. Sometimes it looks like he doesn't have a clue. I mean, I'll never forget. I was, remember he had a five hit game or was it a four or five hit game? Like in the fifth inning against the Mariners in April. And then he had those cramps in his side. And then I went to the next game he played in in LA on Friday and he went zero for five with, with, with four strikeouts or five strikeouts. I mean, it was, it was like, what is going on? He's, he's a very weird hitter. So hopefully, you know, he'll get hot soon and, and uh, you know, the Cubs will get rolling, but uh, yeah, Keegan Thompson, good stuff. See what happens with PCA. I you know the bullpen right now, a lot, a lot of people are worried about it. You look at it, Alzali has thrown, he, he threw like, what, four pitches on Saturday? He didn't pitch on Friday. He didn't pitch on Sunday. He didn't pitch on Monday, so he's fresh. Merriweather and Leiter didn't pitch Sunday or Monday, so those guys should be fresh now. And, you know, Quas had a nice outing on Monday. We'll see what happens with Keegan. Palencia seems to be earning more trust. So the bullpen seems to be in okay shape right now. Just got a hit, and uh, hope Justin Steele is at his best uh, on Tuesday. So hope everybody's having a great Tuesday. I hope next time I talk to you, we're live coming off a very big Cubs win on Tuesday night. I, I really only want to go live with wins. It just seems like that's what people want, unless it's like a, a, a loss that feels like it needs like immediate coverage. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a better day on Tuesday. One loss, not the end of the world. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked on Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I am Sam Olber, and this is Locked on Cubs.